Hey, welcome back everybody to another episode of Paradigm. In this week's episode, we discuss rule number 11 from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, titled, Don't Bother Children When They Are Skateboarding. It's a really good chapter. Make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms, subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave us a comment below. We love the feedback and we hope you enjoy the show. You have to Peace. search for a new set of rules. Right is of little use to the man who has betrayed his soul. Maybe you're the protagonist in your story, but like there's a million other people. Welcome back. This is the book club meeting discussing chapter 11. Do not bother children when they are skateboarding from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's 12 Rules for Life and Antidote to Chaos. So what did you guys think of this chapter? You want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, so far, is one of my favorite chapters in the book just because I can relate to skateboarding. And a lot of the stuff he talks about is very, I don't know, just it hits home to me because mm-hmm. I am a skateboarder and I just relate a lot of, to the topics. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely like when he talks about like the date, like the comfort levels of parenting and trying to get out of, uh, the idea of protecting your children. So they, they feel safe in your eyes or they are safe. Um, that whole concept of being an over, overprotective parent, it's kind of like uh, teaching me not to be like, don't ever become an overprotective parent because all you're mm. doing is teaching your kids to not explore and take risks mm. in life. Mm. Sure. Sure. So, I like that too. I can agree with Devin on that. Uh, This whole chapter talks about like how you should make your kids strong. Um, I like how he goes in the detail about pretty much any system we're in where they try too hard to make us weak, it ends up doing the opposite. Like it it never ends up working right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say for myself, I really enjoyed this chapter because it kind of really backs up the idea of like keeping one foot in chaos and one foot in order. Um, kind of taking risks with the amount like the appropriate amount of chaos and the appropriate amount of order. I thought that was a really interesting mm. topic in this chapter. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. Who wants to start it off? Mm. I'm trying to find a really good point or which one like Yeah, let me get back to the beginning. I have um, page two eighty seven. People including children who are people too after all don't seek to minimize risk. They seek to optimize it. Thought that was a really interesting um, idea because, like, it's true. Like, you watch kids on the playground; they're not trying to completely minimize their risk. They're just trying to do it the right way. And true, them doing that's proving their competence. Like, right? How far can I push this? Where it's like still dangerous, but I'm able to control it. Right. You know, it's interesting. Like when I was uh, reading this chapter, you know, he's talking about kids skateboarding. And, you know, kids playing on playground, like just mm-hmm. these objects that are just kind of like everyday normal things to people, but they are kind of potentially dangerous to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never thought about a playground being like a dangerous thing mm-hmm. uh, until I was like reading this chapter. I was like, oh, shit, like if I had a kid and he's like on the playground, like he has the potential to like fuck himself up. <laughs> yeah. If he's like just being crazy, like wiling out, like. If he jumps off this thing and lands on the ground, he could probably hurt himself. You know what I mean? Right, right. 
Weird. I mean, you and Link at the gym. We were at the gym the other day, and we're doing pull-ups, and just, I don't know, I guess it's the same sentiment. I fucking just climbed up on the bar and, like, was trying to put my feet yeah. over the thing, and Taylor's like, stop, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't help it. I, I wanted to do something that, like, was not normal. Yeah, bro, if you would have fell, like, upside down, I his head would have just... Would have, like, paralyzed myself. John would have... He would have been out, bro. He wouldn't have made it to the podcast. (laughs) Overprotected, we will fail when something dangerous, unexpected, and full of opportunity makes its appearance, as it inevitably will. I just thought that was really interesting as well. Like, um, the whole thing is about letting people take risks like your kids, but don't bother them when they're skateboarding. You know, they become competent in whatever they're doing, whether it's skateboarding or something else. But um, if you overprotect them, they will fail when something dangerous, unexpected, and full of opportunity suddenly makes an appearance, as it inevitably will with anything in life. Yeah, I think it goes to show that if you are a parent and you do have, like, obviously I can't speak from personal experience because I don't have kids, none of us do, but... Um, have you, <laughs> usually when you, uh, not usually, I don't want to speak as if I'm talking for everybody, but, um, it shows that if you do, or if you are that type of parent, um, the pre- predominantly kids come out very resentful to the world. And then that resentment goes into not just like resenting others, but being uncomfortable for a little bit. Once you break out of that shell, then you realize, oh, it wasn't me and my battling of the world. It was my mom or my dad trying to protect me from all the dangers, quote mm. unquote, from the world when the world, I, I needed this. I needed to be broken out of my shell to see who I really am. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's crazy. Some kids never get to see that side of life. And some kids are just like parented by their parents and they're, that's the only world they know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the parents in the long term and the long role or the long whatever um, become the person that is resented from the kids. Kids look down upon their parents because they try to protect them from the world. Yeah. Kind of comes back to the earlier point, too. It's like, do you want to make your kids safe or do you want to make yeah, them strong? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Right. Did you ever feel like real briefly, like the three of you guys, like, did you ever feel like you were overprotected at some points in your oh, life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I went to one sure. one high school party when I was in high school. I wasn't allowed out. What was Period. one? What was like a like a specific moment, like a super brief moment where you knew like, oh, shit, like I've been kind of sheltered? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I would say I, I, I guess the reason more recent, more most recent example is just me moving out. Us moving out is like I've always oh, wanted okay. to move out. But it was the fact that like I had this voice in my head that I could hear like my mom like, oh, you always have a place to come uh, call home. And it's like I always hear that and it's like, oh, I can do I can go mess up or I can go fuck up or I can go make a mistake. And I know I got a place to stay. Yeah. When you have a certain accountability, you can't you take second thoughts about fucking up or making mm-hmm. a mistake like or going out and wasting a weekend or getting drunk, like whatever the case, whatever, playing video games on the weekend and being mm-hmm. like, oh, damn, now I got to catch up on everything. Mm-hmm. You know what? But that's okay, though. I Your parents should do that. You know, my mm-hmm. parents always said, if anything ever goes wrong, like, you can always have a place to call home. Yeah. And they should, rightfully so. You know, I, my ex, her parents kicked her out at like 18. They're like, you're an adult now. Like, we want to be empty nesters. It's like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> like when I was 18, I wasn't ready to fucking do anything like that. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think it's more just the parents giving 
um, acknowledging that like, Hey, we need to shape you into a, an adult because technically you're an adult since you're a kid, you're just a kid. And yeah, but life's hard now, man. That's just, it is, you it know, is. like it's hard as fuck now, true, especially living true. in like these big cities. Like I'm, I'm about to go move back home and I'm trying to find a place to live, like rent and stuff. And I'm like, like if my parents were in the area for me to go tackle that right off the bat, it would be such, so much stress, yeah. you know? Dang, so like, I'm blessed that my parents are like, yeah, like this is always home if you need it to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Was there a time in your life, John, where you're like, oh, shit, like I'm overprotected or no? I never felt like I thought to myself, oh, I'm super sheltered. But my mom, my little brother had a liver transplant at age five. And I think since then, she had been kind of overprotective because she was like, I could lose my kids at any time. I didn't Uh, realize that before. She's way more protective over Robert, my little brother. But Hmm. just growing up, she... She's very like hard headed. I remember one time I was at a party and I was at somewhere where I said I wasn't. And my mom saw my car and she just parked up and just walked around the house and was grabbed me. And she was like, I know you, 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 you guys are all bad kids, like smoking and drinking. This is not cool. She's like, You're coming home with me. I was so fucked up. I was like, (laughs) My mom tells a story. She goes, You tried running out the back door. And I was like, Don't remember that. (laughs) So um, that was maybe being a little bit overprotective, but Mm -hmm. she could have just like, I think uh, this moment I knew I was overprotected and I don't know if you guys went through this, but it was like when I wanted to go to a friend's house, like comparing to like my my cousins, it was like, okay, yeah, go ahead and go to your friend's house. I'll see you in a couple of days. For me, it was like, okay, what's the parents number? What's their address? Um, who are you going to hang out with? Who all is going to be there? I was like, oh my God. Like I never wanted to ask to go anywhere at that point because it was like, okay, well, what's your social security? What's the back three number on the back of your credit card? And so I can so I can go over to your place. You know what I'm saying? It was like, dude. I can relate. Up until I was, I want to say like maybe 15 years old, my yeah. parent, my mom had the same criteria mm-hmm. of like, well, who are they? Are there going to be girls there? Yada, yada. Right. And I was like, oh, yep. don't worry about that. For real. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't Damn. worry about it, sweetheart. Yeah, for me. For me, um, I definitely knew I was overprotected because it, it's funny because I, it came kind of from skating. Like I refer back to skateboarding. Like I was like a little fucking video game kid back then, you know. And I think one of my friends started skating. Like I think it was Harpreet, and he was like, he, like I when I went to his side of the like at Fresno, it was rough as shit over there. There's like gang shit and like just fucking super sketchy people over there but we would we were just kids so we didn't know so we just like go out and skate but until i started actually going to skate parks i saw like a whole nother world that i wasn't like exposed to like it was like weird to me um seeing just like kids with no sense of guidance or just like drinking and smoking and like just like cussing and talking about like fucking crazy ass shit Mm -hmm. i was like oh damn like this is like it's pretty wild because I don't get exposed to this, like just going to my little like Clovis school. Right. But when I would step out of like skating, then I felt like I was like sort of in the jungle per se. Mm-hmm. And all of the stuff that I learned out there, like skating, like just like about pain and kind of the stuff he's talking about. It's just like dangerous. You know, I yeah. used to be like a little crybaby bitch back then. <laughs> but then when I started skating and falling and learning what how do you to mean do back stuff, then? Back then. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> boom roasted no but i i would i would cry about a lot of stuff when i was a kid bro like and then when i was skating i was like oh it's bro get up you know interesting interesting definitely moving on i thought an interesting thing to kind of bring up would be um on page 290 
the, the paragraph right before more about Chris. Okay. Um, it says people motivated to make things better usually aren't concerned with changing other people, or if they are, they take responsibility for making some changes, the same changes to themselves and first. So, um, one of the biggest things, the points that I like to kind of bring this around to is like when people tell you they're here to make things better, they're usually not concerned with changing things for other people. They're more concerned about the gain for themselves. Yeah. What's the benefit out of what are they going to benefit? Right. From? So when somebody comes in and tries to pull superhero, Superman, Deus Ex Machina type shit for you, it's like understand that they have some sort of intention and you're saying to like propel their career, propel their social Politicians status for votes, whatever it might be. Okay. Right. It's uh-huh. like they, I'm come here to make a change. You know what I mean? It's like, there's people out there that genuinely want to make a change, but you really got to look at it. And literally right before it says on 289, if you cannot understand why someone did something, look at the consequences and infer the motivation. I love that you said that. I, I love that. Right. So if somebody's like, I want to make this change. Okay. Well, what are you getting out of it? Mm-hmm. right like why are you want to making a change for me or my community or the world what are you getting out of it and and look at that consequence and infer the motivation really what do you want and it's funny that you took that in a positive light i took that in a negative light like where if someone would do you wrong mm-hmm. and you're questioned you're puzzled like why would someone do me wrong think about well what did they gain in doing so whether right. it's money power status etc and yeah. you can make the conclusion and be like okay well I know why they did it. Like, at least I'm not puzzled by that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And move on with your life. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Cause I highlighted that same quote. Um, I, I know, I know exactly what you guys are referring to as far as like knowing the consequence and the benefit, like if they're willing to be transparent, um, I wish more people were transparent. Or even not, actions. but you can be like, you're doing this because you want this. It's clear. I exactly. See. Being, being clear on their decisions and why they're doing it. Um, I think this sort of, I, Ideology can be somewhat nihilistic, though. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Basing your actions or your decisions because you think everybody's out to get something for themselves. Sure. So you think this world is like, it's not worth doing anything for anybody. Um, uh, true. But also, you, I, so I think people can make that argument, but I, I think it just comes down to person to person. Um, just having, I guess, good faith and knowing that like there are good people out in this world. I think we just live in a capitalistic society where money drives everything. And if you can get up on another person and they're unaware of what you can potentially benefit from doing whatever you're doing, then there's ease of maneuvering. But if they find out and the transparency is clear, then it's not so easy. Right. You know what I mean? So. I totally feel what you mean about like the nihilistic part. I was just watching like this Instagram little reel and this girl was talking about how if a friend asks you what you're going to wear tonight, she's your friend to me because she wants to updo you and stuff like that. I was like, mm-hmm. that looks like an exhausting life yeah. to live if you yeah. think that's like how life like competition. works. But you know, it, even if it's the littlest things, people do stuff for something, whether like they mean to or not, you know, he was bringing that made me think when we were out last weekend, we were shopping in. Uh, Lexi liked this ring. She wasn't going to get it. And like, she just graduated. And I was like, oh, I'll get it for you. And like, I really didn't think anything about it at the time. But like, I mean, I did it because it made me happy. That yeah. That's that's the, that's the consequence of force. It. It, it wasn't for her. Like, it made me happy. I was like, I'm like, I'm happy I was able to do it for you. Yeah. yeah. Even the previous chapter where we talked about, I remember there was one time we sat um, downstairs and you were talking about if I should reach out to like old friends. Right. I don't know if you guys remember that conversation, mm-hmm. reaching out to old friends. Like yeah, I if, if they've done something wrong to me, if they haven't, and we just haven't talked to a long time, 
how do I go about that? And it's not necessarily like, what are you expecting out of them? It's more of like, what do you want for yourself? Yeah. Like if you will feel better for reaching out to that person, then do it. Don't expect anything. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with that. It's good. Like, you know, it's so satisfying. And and like in, in the other person, benefits from it or they could so i think i think it just goes boils down to accountability if you allow someone into your life and you know that they're making decisions based on the benefit of them yeah it's really kind of just have to be aware of that yeah that's a lot yeah so kind of bringing it back to that you know we live in this capitalistic society um people tend to deem that as an evil thing um or at least i've i've seen that in my own kind of experience with people that's around me they kind of think it's not a good thing right but okay on page 303 um it's this little chunk of the paragraph the second one so it says the collective pursuit of any valued goal produces a hierarchy as some will be better and some will be worse at that pursuit no matter what it is and two it is the pursuit of the goals that in large part lends life its sustaining meaning where experience almost all emotions that make life deep and engaging as a consequence of moving successfully towards something deeply desired and valued. The price we pay for that involvement is the inevitable creation of hierarchies of success, while the inevitable consequence is difference in outcome. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, one of the largest kind of things that is a debate in my household is kind of like, is it fair? Right. And so the thing is, is like, we've all been heard, is life fair? Life isn't fair. You know what I mean? Life isn't fair. The pursuit of any type of goal, even like in my own class of, let's say at school, when you're pursuing success in a class, it creates a hierarchy of students, mm-hmm. right? Like there's the top of the, the peer meet. <laughs> and then um, there's, <laughs> and then there's just beneath that, right? Like there's A, B, C, D, F. It creates this natural hierarchy of things. And like, that doesn't mean it's bad. You know what I mean? You kind of know where you stand and if you can improve or if you cannot. And so I just kind of thought that was an interesting point that he brings up that like, no matter what you do, whether it's in a capitalistic society, a socialistic society, even a communistic society, there is going to be a creation of hierarchy and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be race. It could be competence. You know, on that note, back to the hierarchy, referring back to the last chapter, how sacrifice equals, you know, gain. Mm -hmm. You sacrifice maybe going out or more hours and you got to the top. Referring back to skateboarding, there's hierarchy. You go to the skate park. There's kids who shred and you let them shred when they're shredding. And then you get to skate when you can kind of fit in to the rhythm. And that guy's putting more hours in you. That's why he's at the top and he's sick, Mm -hmm. you know, just like anything. Right. Yeah. Because towards the end of that paragraph, like, um, because a lot of, I guess Kevin Samuels is who I'm referring to. He refers to this exactly, the hierarchy, the source of outcome compared Mm -hmm. to fairness. Um, People think fairness is equivalent to if you do the same category of operation, if it's relationship, if it's career, if it's business, if you think you're going to get the same outcome because you're doing that, Mm -hmm. right? How many people develop businesses? And we all understand, we've all heard businesses take five, plus years to even get up and get profit. Right, right. Right. So what makes you different and also understanding, do you think the world is going to be fair because you're in a business or are you going to work harder to get a better outcome? Because fair right. equals outcome. It doesn't give you the results based on you being in a specific field. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Right. Just because you're doing it doesn't mean you doesn't, somebody's yeah. going to be giving you something. And if it doesn't work out, that makes it unfair. Right. And part of that, someone could put in the same amount of hours and you know that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, you know? that's just right. how it is. You know? Straight up. 
Like literally you have the same product, but let's say you're not marketing it hard enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's, it sucks. Or, there's I, ways you can improve. Do you guys ever go fishing? Yeah. Hell yeah. Like I could be using the same rod, the same bait, the same everything. We're right. fishing in this fucking same boat. Right. And my buddy next to me is fucking just Shred. honey hole. Just fucking yeah. fishing the fish. Yeah. And I'm like, I haven't got a fucking. Yeah. Board. Same as skateboarding. Like, what's up with that, bro? <laughs> yeah. Same yeah. as skateboarding. Like you got trucks, wheels, same size board, everything. This man looks, he does it way better. Why? Because right. maybe he's worked harder, maybe he's skating a long time, and it's unfair Lady because you want to be at the position. So right. yeah, I think I think fairness is is equivalent to outcome and not result. People just think like, oh well, um, I want it, I want it because I'm doing it too. Like, well, no, it don't work like that. Sorry. Definitely, definitely. Um, just backtracking a little bit. Two ninety eight. I wanted to go over this before we get too far ahead. Uh, he starts talking about how. Right now, kind of how the system is going, uh, schools kind of seem more geared toward women. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of says that a little bit roughly. And he talks about one of the reasons why this is, is, you know, for a boy to beat a girl, however, is often not okay. And just not often, it, it is even less okay for him to lose. Imagine that boy and a girl age nine get into a fight just for engaging the boy is highly suspect. If he wins, he's pathetic. If he loses, well, his life might as well be over. Mm. And I just talked to, you know, I was thinking it's almost a lose-lose situation when we're trying to compete against girls. And it, it it's because the society we live in, but it's also a double standard where we're, it's supposed to be equal everything. But I mean, very clearly, I'm sure you heard it from your parents. Hey, you're not allowed to fight a girl. It's wrong. You right. Know? right. So how, you know, how do you guys feel about that? What, what do you think in today's society, how that fits in with young men growing up and women? It just it it does suck that it is a lose lose because I believe it is a lose lose. Um, but it it predominantly sucks looking at it from being a man and other men judging you, right? Because we hold our value in other men and how other men see us. Obviously, relationship wise, we want women to find value in us too. We want women to find us attractive. Mm-hmm. But realistically, you want to be high value amongst the same gender. And I think he says that he goes, girls aren't attracted to boys who are their friends or if they lose to girls, they go, Oh, he's low. He's low value. He loses to girls. Yeah. So if you can't, if you can't even prove if you can't, but again, that's a lose, lose, there's no win in that situation. So you can beat the girl and a girl, a girl that you may like may still like look at it as disrespect. So I, I agree that it is lose, lose, but I don't know a way around it. And, Um, And so we're almost put into a position where we, we aren't going to compete against them because mm -hmm. for us to just even enter the ring, we're already losing. Yeah. Mm. I think uh, my paradigm on it would be like there's double standards across the board. You know what I mean? This is kind of one as men we kind of have to take. Yeah. Like, because let's say things change. I mean, it's, it's, I don't see them changing, is all yeah. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I've always wanted, played video games against my cousin or whatever and, and won. And it was like, okay, well, you won whatever. You were supposed to beat me. You yeah. Know? But I mean, literally, I think that there's, like I said, there's double standards across the board. Is it fair? No. Is that something we kind of have to accept? Yes, because it's kind of like where we're living right now. Totally. Um, but I mean, vice versa, too, for women, too. You know, there's there's stuff that goes on for them, but it's just kind of what we have to accept. Yeah. Right on. Mm. Seeing both sides. Yeah. I wonder who he's like sort of referring to when he says, like, when he's speaking like this, um, like, if he wins, he's pathetic. Who's saying that these boys are pathetic? Mm. His peers is what I would assume. Yeah, because realistically, you gain your... Like, if you call yourself... If you just say, I'm the greatest, 
who identifies you as the greatest beside yourself? Because that's not real value. Right. You're giving yourself your value. Right. So that's not that's not real. Just referencing that, David, right here, page 228. Men enforce a code of behavior on each other when working together. Yeah. Do your work, pull your weight, stay awake and pay attention. Don't whine or be touchy. Stand up for your friends. Don't suck up and don't snitch. Don't be a slave to stupid rules. Don't, in immortal words of Arnold Schwarzenegger, be a girly man. So, you know, right there, like, we just naturally do it. Men enforce a code of behavior on each other. So I think that's who would be calling him pathetic. Interesting. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's so important about this right here is, like, we're not a church group. We're not calling ourselves a church group. But it's a good place and it's a good practice for men to get together and discuss masculine things. Because there's really, the world, I would say, is predominantly feminine and energy mm-hmm. it's so it's in that direction i would right. i would agree and so it's it's important to have these types of outlets with groups of men so i would i would highly suggest like if you're a young man listening get yourself a council a group of counsel because yeah. every man needs his lightning rod and it can't be your woman she's going to lose respect for you genuinely establish that you know what i mean and like i said if you're gearing things towards women expect your demographic to change significantly yeah i agree with that um yeah, it just, it, it does, my, my, where I come to the table is if a woman knows what she wants out of a man, if a man understands what he wants out of a woman, you guys understand personality traits, you understand the consequence of being with the woman that you, of your choosing, if you're looking for a housewife, if you're looking for a businesswoman, if you're looking for a dominant man, if you're looking for a submissive man, you know the consequences and you know the rewards, you know what comes with the judgment, you know what comes with the um, the reality of being with a man or a woman like that. So there's no room for complaint. If we mm-hmm. well, I, genders understand that, I think the playing field is good. Right. <laughs> That's where the crazy idea of like every woman wants an assertive man. Do you really though? No, dude. Oh, I know plenty, plenty <laughs> of girls really that, that yeah. fucking don't like me because I am assertive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they, but behind closed doors, they say they want an assertive man. I yeah. promise you. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Lot, <laughs> and, uh, it's crazy. We, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just wild. We'll go off for this conversation. Um, I have one on 305. If you guys have one before that, we can jump into that. I can send. Okay. No, no, I mean, like, I can jump in with you. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought we were sending something. All right. Well, um, 305, uh, bottom paragraph, it says, Why do we teach our young people that our incredible culture is a result of male oppression? Blinded by the central assumption disciplines as diverse as education, social work, art history, gender studies, literature, sociology, and Increasingly, law actively treat men as oppressors and men's activities as inherently destructive. They also often promote radical political action, radical by all the norms and the societies within which they are situated, which they do not distinguish from education. And so what I put here is um, upper GE studies at Fresno State. So my thing is, is, right, the whole thing between church and state should be separate, right? I think preaching and prophesizing a philosophy at a university is is highly unethical mm-hmm. because you're kind of conditioning a wave of kids every single year on how to think you know what i mean yes lay down the foundation and give them the framework about how to how to like be a successful adult right how to yeah. be a, a successful um contributor to their field whether it's law like you said whether it's social work whether it's geology whatever it might be but these upper GE studies, you're kind of forced to take them. They're giving these 
frameworks for how to live. And I think that's either where religion comes in or your parenting or reading mm -hmm. these books. I don't think that's the job of the university because now we end up with like people that are walking around thinking, you know, communism is better, which all each to each their own or that the society is a product of male oppression, like gender studies, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you believe how you want to believe, just don't be forcing me to take a class about it. Yeah. Right. It'd be interesting to learn about. I think I think that's the underlying issue is people want to prescribe their own way of living on everybody. Right. Each and, university. Yeah. I will. So. I think I think that is a, a paradigm in itself that people do view like you know that universities are teaching like you, you need to believe this in order to pass. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably a byproduct of studying that people like study a certain philosophy or something and then they're like oh yeah i kind of do see it like that right um but when i went to uh fresno state i took a i took like four um feminism classes or like women's studies classes and i really enjoyed them you know i don't can i agree. ask why why yeah why? honestly why it started you? out with uh knowing that um someone had told me it, I needed to satisfy a GE right. and I saw feminism or I mean a woman's studies and I was like, Oh, I heard it's easy. My friend told me, okay, I'm going right. to go take it. And I took it and I was like, Oh, this is very interesting. I'm learning mm -hmm. about a lot of stuff. Right. Some of the classes are different. Some of the teachers are better than others. Um, I will right. say the single most important class I took though was um, a, a woman's studies class. Really? But my teacher, but I had a really great teacher and by all means, he did not say that you guys need to, believe any of this stuff mm. you know he we did talk about a lot of like things but he it was always like you guys you guys don't have to believe he's like but this if you guys want an a all you have to do is be a part of the conversation speak your mind and he left it he really put a really good class together is there is there anything like maybe three bullet points you could shed some light on us to why you liked it so much i, I get you said like you like the conversation but what are some like topics some shit you guys would chew on you were like wow i'm learning so much right now um i didn't really well i mean to me it might be different now because a lot of the things that we've talked about now and then like you know we're older men or whatever but, Still, but it, it, i think i liked the fact that um i learned about you know the, the justice system and how they handle like you know rape cases and and uh women domestic violence and stuff like that it was very interesting mm -hmm. it led me to understand a lot of the stuff that I was going through at the time, not like, you know, crazy domestic violence, but right. certain things that turn into something that could potentially be domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we learned about, um, you know, intersectionality stuff like that. Uh, the spectrum of what it means to be a man or a woman and where like certain people fall in those lines, uh, you know, gender, I guess, stereotypes, Okay. And then also, I think a big one for me was we talked about like humanitarian rights and what goes on to like other countries and, and like women in cross-cultural perspective and learning about uh, how we deal with issues like, or I guess like uh, things like uh, abortion and, okay. and stuff like that. And then there was a bunch of kids in the class that did not agree with those things, right. but we had a discussion about it. And my teacher was never like, Hey, like, that's not okay. He was like, let you guys, you know, talk. And it was super cool. I really, really fucked. I can't remember his name, but that was the only class in college I took where he gave us a contract based grade. Hmm. At the beginning of the class, he was like, if you guys want 
And A, sign up for the A grade. He's like, if you want to B, sign up for the B grade. C, so forth. Right, right. If you want a D and you want to pass the D, he's like, cool, I'm all, I'm, he's like, but you're just going to do the D work and that's it. Right. And you'll only get a D no matter how hard you, like, you'll just, you'll get the D. Right. And I was like, this is fucking dope. I signed up for the A. Right. Got an A. Expect nothing less from greatness, bro. Fucking so I got to ask you, if you were devil's advocate in that class and you wrote papers, right? You wrote papers in that class? You had to like write. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. If you wrote papers in that class from the perspective of being the devil's advocate, would you fail? No. No. Okay. So it was just more about the discussion of ideas. No, no. Yeah. It, it wasn't um, so much as that you had to agree with these okay. or else you were going to fail per se. Okay. There was, there's kids in the class that were like totally not for abortion and not right. for things. And, and it, they were the, I guess, person that didn't agree. So they, they still passed. The, okay. You know, they signed up for that grade and they got that grade. Oh, okay. I see what you're getting at, but let's, yeah. keep, let's keep moving. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, you know, I'm, I don't think it's, I just wanted to say real quick, it is the, the college's duty. And the, I was told this was first semester I took college. Their duty is to push you off your dot. That's kind of what they said it or push you off your spot. You're so used to being here and you're thinking from here that you've never thought from over here. So their job is to kind of push you, you outside of your comfort zone and kind of get you to think a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And if that's what's happening, totally cool. Interesting. But if that teacher was like, no, you have to believe this or you're failing, then it would be, a, it would be yeah. inappropriate. I don't really think yeah. that's a case for some call. But okay, we'll, we'll move think, on. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, ooh. Uh, something I would... Uh, just talking about, you know, uh, how everything's not equal, even if you're doing the same work. Uh, I'm going to just re-highlight it and I'll talk about my personal experience. Okay. Uh, page 215. Oh, sorry, 315. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the middle paragraph. He goes, the introduction of the equal pay for equal work argument immediately complicates every salary comparison beyond practicality. Um, and he says more, but what I wanted to get at, my whole life up until I came here because I'm salary now, mm-hmm. um, you go when you, you know, I'm a welder you go and we're doing the same work as everyone around us. And people love to probe and see how much you're making because right. they want to make sure they're either making more than you because they think they deserve more than you or see where they're at. And I was always really young and I would go in and I would make a good deal for myself. I would never make a bad deal for myself mm-hmm. because it's my time. And I thought the worst they can say is no, we won't pay you that. Like what's the worst that can happen. Right. And a lot of times at work, my own crew, a lot of the older guys would end up resenting me because they're like, when I was your age or just when I started here, I was only making this and I'm 10 years older than you, whatever. And I was like, well, did you go to school for what I did? Are you able to do what I do? You know, mm. I'm not the one who went and made a bad deal for yourself. You made that deal. Don't be mad at me. You know? Right, right. So bars, um, you know, even if you're doing the same work as the person next to you, it's all about the deal you made for yourself. So that that's always annoyed me with life. Yeah. Yeah. I never discuss, I don't do no pocket watching at work. It, it depends. If I have a good relationship with them, I'm like, yo, what, what do you make? Cause like, I was like, I think I can make more. What do you make? And the guy says he's making a couple bucks more than me. I go bet literally next day. No sweat off my shoulder right. because I'm, I made the deal for me. Right. But right. next time I go in and talk to him, I go, Oh, I want two bucks more than what that guy just said. Yeah. I know you can do it. Right. And if not, bump me down to what that guy's making. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. And easy peasy. Conversation away, man. Hell yeah, man. That's dope though. I mean, it's crazy how you can negotiate yourself a deal and people are still like mad at you. No, dude, what? my former trader said he was like, they fucking pay you too much. I was like, okay. <laughs> I left. I was like, they all right, then. And when I left, <laughs> when I left, they were like, 
don't go. We need you. Like, oh, no, you need me. Shut the fuck 20% raise right now. That's what they're, yeah, dude, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck. We're already paying you more than everybody else. I don't give a damn. 20% raise <laughs> right now while I'm walking. Damn. Okay. So question, what do you guys think of aggression? Is it a positive or negative thing? Aggression. Who? I'd say it's a natural thing. Natural. Okay. Is positive or negative? Um, Depends on how it's used. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say there's context. Like, for example, sometimes in basketball, I get a little bit aggressive. I'm not aggressive the entire time. Right. But sometimes when I'm in the paint, I need to be a little bit spicy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just we'll how it is. Narrow sauce. You know, maybe if some guy's like checking us as a group and like no one's standing up, maybe like I need to funnel that into something. So we don't get like punked or something, you know, it's, it's a thing that, you know, we, we do it. Like there's a lot of things that were our bodies and our, our brains have for us for certain reasons. And I think they're tools for certain scenarios, right? Like we mm -hmm. have stress. Why do we even produce cortisol? If it's like, it just causes a stress and fucking stresses the fuck out. Right. True. Um, but I guess nature didn't just be like, Oh, there you go. You can have, you could have this, uh, Right. Ability, Serves a know. purpose. It, yeah, there's a thing for it. Like mm -hmm. if you're in a very desperate situation or you're like in a situation where it requires cortisol to be spiked, your heart your right. heart rate needs to go up and you need to think quickly and your body's in a fight or flight. Could be like a, you know, what you need to get out of like an emergency situation in right. the wild or whatever. Right. So I think aggression is along that same standard. You know, we have it for a reason. I would say it doesn't need to be activated all the time. Though. That's right. not cool, you know? I, I think you put that perfectly, honestly, because like what he talks about here on uh, 318, this kind of this sub-chapter, he talks about how society is breeding or uh, condemning aggression of men, right? And how mm -hmm. it's a masculine trait. Um, what he says here on 318 is... Um, Successful people that use their aggression correctly, right, are um, they are taught or otherwise learn in early childhood to integrate their aggressive tendencies into more sophisticated behavioral routines. Aggression underlies the drive to be outstanding, to be unstoppable, to compete, and to win, to be actively virtuous, at least along one dimension. Determination is admirable, pro social face. And so I, I asked, why do you think it's positive or negative? And I think you answered that swell because it isn't positive or negative it's kind of how you use it right and so i think if parents kind of took that even like let's say the feminist mom that really wants her son to just kind of be like mad chill more feminine um if they learned or taught their their children how to funnel that aggression into the appropriate resource which is why we have sports right um but it's not completely a negative thing so let's like we're kind of creating a bunch of like beta males, right? If we're, if they're not willing to use their aggression, girly man, girly man, if they're not willing to use their aggression in an appropriate manner to achieve a, an end or a means of an end, it's like, well, then we're losing all sense of proactivity, right? I mean, if you're not proactive and have some sort of aggression towards the topic or some sort of goal, you're kind of just sitting there and you're content. Yeah. I see. I, I see the aggression, I guess in my own eyes and like, the city I, I live in, or like we live in, but right. pre predominantly the, the the aggression is going into women's hands because men are folding 
for women. And so women have all the power. Obviously, if you're talking about just a general topic of aggression, yeah, yeah, that's like you can play with that however you want to. Right. But more of like the man being the dominant factor, um, I guess how we history has known men to be. Um, if we understand that man is supposed to be the aggressor, but also we want a woman in our life, but women understand they want careers and more money and right. independence and all the other good things that they believe are beneficial to them. Then they start to take the power into their own hands because they understand that they have the sexual drive or the sexual luxury that men want that men chase. And so men start to do real I get, I don't, I hate using these words, but right. like real beta yeah. simping mentality. And that's like, they start to lose value of themselves because this woman provides something that like, I'm afraid of being lonely. I want to, yeah. she brings me value. And it's like, that's where real beta men are. Obviously it starts with the, the parenting, right, the right. parenting too. So Definitely. every time you say beta, I think of beta fish. Beta fish. <laughs> Just the aggressive ass The little ass fucking cut uh, the water. Just now, imagine though you, you 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 go to the gym and you don't have any aggression. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing, bro? You know yeah, what I mean? Like sometimes you gotta look yourself hey, in the mirror and be really like, "What are you doing that though?" Like, bro, bro just what listen, are we talking think about? about? Music, you know, the right. type of music you listen to, it puts you in a certain mood. Like, right, just like I'm ready a to go balance, like, though. You know what I oh, mean? Because yeah. me and John yeah. don't go like, oh, we're ready to go fucking just go crazy at the gym. But when we are lifting the weight, it's like we need to fucking lift that weight. You know, but when we don't, we're like, all right, let's like. Just have a casual conversation, but there's some people that go up <laughs> in there. Sometimes I'll be Ric Flair and there be go, <laughs> slamming weights and shit, and that's yeah. fucking not. Um, no, no, over the top. I'm talking about there's appropriate level there for sure. Something right? I used to always say to myself when I'd be working out, I'd be like, they'd rep. I was like, don't be a fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like just fucking do it. Yeah, don't be a bitch. Don't be a f- um, rule number one. Like that one guy, he's like, no, lightweight, lightweight. So lightweight, lightweight, to his lightweight. You know, speaking of that, parenting your kids. There's this guy at the gym. Me and David recently become like at least acquaintances with him, and it it generally makes me happy to see him. He goes with his son every day. Yeah, he pushes his son in a positive way. He's like, I can tell, like he's a good father. And I was like, I was like, man, that's awesome. I was like, I love that you work out with your son. Like you guys push each other. I was like, we need more of that in America. Like it, it makes me happy seeing that relationship. Yeah. You know, I was like, my dad's the one who got me into the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad still works out every day. He's like sixty plus. And I was like, that's what we're missing from America nowadays. That's just old fashioned. Dad caring about his kid, you know? My dad never took me to the gym. Me either. Ever in my life. Um, Imagine them, the connection you could establish in there. Yeah, and it's great. Like, just, I'm not even related to these guys. I'm happy to see them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? I, I do, I want to ask you guys a question. Where do you, um, where do you think the inability or like the fall off started to happen? You could talk about your personal life or history, started to happen with the family unit to where men started to become more i guess you always use the word feminine or less aggressive and more submissive to what they want in life and to understand to that's a like. hard question to ask because i haven't been around that long to like pay attention to what like, you do you do see what like what do you think the general population do you think that, i'd say it's worse now i don't think it's getting any better I, I would say just if you reference movies like do you guys remember like pony boy what's the movie called the, the greasers Oh yeah, um, but I'm gonna. I don't okay, I don't know either. Stay like, golden, right? It's like, like stay golden, golden pony, pony boy. boy. Yeah. Okay, it's a bu- it's a movie about a bunch of greaser, like uh, kind of like gangster guys. They're like all young. It's like from like the '60s. 
men were real tough then. If you watch movies progressively back, even in the 90s, you guys remember watching like 90s movies? The guys were real like duty, like yeah. rough, like skateboardy, like had this image, right? If you watch movies starting in like the 2000s and like going forward, they stopped portraying men as these kind of like rough guys. Because I'm just seeing that just in, in cinematic worlds. Not outsiders. even outsiders. The outsiders. Oh, I fucking love the outsiders. Watch it if you guys are interested in it. Would you guys say it is more a of a social benefit to society? Um, or is it a manipulation of men? Oh, manipulation of people to get men to be more submissive. Like the movie well, thing, that's directed by a, right. someone. And, Someone's and putting that message. What I was getting at, that's like a collective whole kind mm-hmm. of steering society even if it's by incremental mm-hmm. that's right. dear society you know what we what we consume is what we like you know what we digest yeah. mentally i, I want to answer both of those questions right and the first one i would say things changed world war ii right men were the workers at that point until they all had to go to work they had to go to war mm-hmm. right and in order to produce for this war women started going into the workplace right this created an era of women empowerment mm-hmm. this was post-women suffrage Rosie the Riveter, right? We have these Mm. icons of women becoming dominant, right? And like, okay, so World War II. From there, women started seeing this world that they could be in, right? Totally okay. I'm full on with that. Like, this is first wave feminism, right? Equal opportunity. Where things started changing, right? The term metrosexual, I don't know if you guys have heard of that, came out in the 90s, right? What does that mean? These are feminine men. Right. Men that go uh, get manicures, pedicures, you know, waxes yes, I'm, or I'm familiar with the term. So that term came out around in the 90s. Right. So from World War Two to the 90s, we have generations of men becoming more effeminate. Right. Music's changed. Right. Um, the way people dress has changed. Right. In 90s with Prince, you got 2000, you know, people wearing yeah. more feminine stuff. But I would say the beginning of where that begins is, is World War Two. Um, do I think it's a net positive? I think the first wave of feminism was where like women get the opportunity to go and develop money and build family income and financially. Right. Totally. I think that's amazing. I think where it takes a negative turn is where men start to believe that in order to achieve the life I want and be with a partner I want, I have to kind of fit into these roles, which is like a sensitive man. Like, yes, it's okay to be in touch with your, your, you know, your sensitive side and like, have those conversations with women, but when it comes to the workplace or sports or achieving something, you can't be this sensitive, submissive type man because the submissive man gets stepped on in the workplace. And like, that's why you see at Starbucks is or retail jobs. You don't really see masculine men. You see more effeminate men because they're better customer service. Let's like, that's a hundred percent true. Right. But, and that's playing into your strengths naturally. Right. And so you don't see that a masculine man in those roles because he doesn't serve that purpose. Mm-hmm. So I think when it, you know, it starts to take that negative turn is when more men start thinking like, this is what I need to be in order to achieve fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Right. So being submissive has its place just like being aggressive has its place. Well, on that note, I'm sure we could look it up, but my dad has brought this up. He said that one of the downfalls of like the family unit is that like post world war two, uh, divorces, uh, like le- legally became yeah. easier. Yeah. And just talk about patriarchy. The judicial system favors the women 
mm-hmm. majority of the time in a divorce settlement case because they go, right. you're the women, you obviously are going to be the raiser of this child. Right. We can't depend on this guy. And so if the guy wouldn't listen to the woman, she could divorce him, right. take half of everything, and what? That's a lose-lose. Right. He's normally, normally at this point in his life, it's hard to find another partner that is mm-hmm. fits maybe good looking or even fits anything, any of your qualities, you know, right. that you want. Now you're old, you're past your expiration date. Who wants to date you? Mm-hmm. It's easier not to date. So it may be, it'd be easier just to kind of maybe shrink yourself to keep what life you have going. Right. Like they've basically incentivized it, right? Like we'll pay you and give you benefits if you, you're a single mom. True. My, we'll pay you and give you benefits if you're a single dad. What I hear is like the female, like this female voice of like, well, that guy was probably a piece of shit then. That's like automatically what I, what but I But do hear. you know so that? That's so right. like, I, I feel like I understand how like women want to, I think it, it's vice versa. I think women want to shoot down men, but I also understand that the world we're living in is very like filled with the, the beta male and well, the, the submissive. There's like, so many people though, you know? Yeah, there's so many people on this planet and especially this country. Um, but just thinking about just America, World War II, right. the movies that are being portrayed, how love is being portrayed right. and Fairy how the man too. needs to be a superhero and right. I'm falling, running into the sunset. It's like, none of that stuff is right. real. Like, but people have this idea that marriage is all happy, rainbows, fucking unicorn shit and ice cream. It's it's not that. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like, more of like a bit I see it as a business. And that's I think it's become individualistic where it's like, I'm not happy, I need a divorce. Is that the best thing for your son? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that the best thing for this family unit? No? Then what are we talking about? Oh, I'm not happy. Okay, well, I mean, you're not gonna be happy all the time. Like yeah. marriage isn't about being happy all the goddamn time. And I think that goes back mm-hmm. to being clear and precise with what you want. It's like right. Okay, you're not happy. What would make you happy? What are some points? Right. How can we collaborate, not compromise? And be precise about it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Definitely. Um, Any thoughts? Hmm. Re, re-asked that a question? Or was, was it a fun. question? Or? Uh, it was more It was more along the fact. I forget the... You when, had, when did the feminization of manic start? Started, and do you and think it's it, a net negative or net positive? Yeah, and you guys can go ahead, if you're watching this, go ahead and drop your comments. Like, to yeah, Please, please. Interesting thing about what everyone yeah. thinks. Yeah, so, definitely. Drop this, the fucking this, this platform, we want to really uh, get the discussion started. We don't want to, like shadow ban or keep people quiet mm-hmm. so if you have comments if it's negative positive whatever yeah. put it in the comment section and um, we all come from different backgrounds different paradigms too so yeah. you know right so um i i would say for for me i guess like i've been sort of like that feminine per, like a like young adult growing up i recently didn't start tapping into like that masculine part of myself when i got older so I think, I don't know, um, I wouldn't say it's a negative of, like, men becoming more, I guess, feminine. It really depends on, like, how we're all defining, like, what that word means. Because there's a lot of things attached to, like, well, like, oh, men are becoming more feminized. Well, what, what exactly does that mean? Submissive. If Submissive? That's Do we one automatically... Part one part of it. If, if I can branch off on that, and let's, and let's get more to say, because I want to hear... Um, I guess the question for me, like, you know, for me to answer that, what does feminized men mean? Um, okay. Just, just I know we're talking about sensitivity and like... Well, for me, you said if it wasn't a negative or positive, I want to explain to you why I think it's a negative to be a feminine man. Okay, I want to hear it. 
just with me through my own view of the, of the world, I would say I'm not a, a feminine man. I, I'm not super masculine either, you know, but I'm not a super, you know, feminine man. Mm-hmm. I see myself having more opportunities, able to make easier connections and able to portray a certain level of confidence mm-hmm. that people are willing to trust me because I show these attributes. Mm-hmm. Someone who we would label beta or more feminine, I don't think I can trust him with something, a task, because I don't think he can handle it. I don't think he's able to make the connections I'm able to make because he was lacking confidence in himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And these are the things where I think if you're always going to belittle yourself, you're going to belittle your life. Right. Because I have a certain level of masculinity and um, grandioso in me, I'm able to go try to carve a better life for myself. And that's where I feel like it's a, a net positive okay. to have masculinity. I yeah. think I think um, to answer that question, Devin, do I think it's a negative thing? I think reframing that question, like, is it an is is it a negative thing for men to be really down the road of being feminized? I do think it is negative because I, I, when I think of like people that that are like in that 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 realm of negative femininity or friends that I see, they do kind of fit that category where they're not, they're very submissive. They don't really speak up for themselves. They're in a situation with a partner who is, or whoever they're trying to pursue, but they're sort of not getting anywhere because they are in that role. Right. So I would say there's a lot of benefits to be able to tap into your femininity or, or understanding your, your feminine side of yourself. Um, but it, there's a lot more benefits of understanding that you can be very masculine mm-hmm. and it'll do a lot of good for you and probably counterbalance the problems that you're dealing with being totally in the feminine role. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? On the short term side, if you're more, if you're ultra masculine stuff, I'm sure on the short term, short term side, you get more pussy. It may not be long lasting, <laughs> but girls immediately are more attracted to right. you. Right. Being what? More masculine. more masculine even if it's on the short i, I say i kind of disagree though i think they like sort of like i mean today where things are going at, if we're talking about the same situation where like men are being sort of feminized or whatever i do think and this is my own paradigm okay. i think girls are attracted to guys who do look a little bit more feminine not totally fucking hyper masculine yeah I, yes I, I do agree. i would disagree but the number one compliment i always get they go i was attracted to you because you were so confident so that's like, a masculine so it's a masculine that's a good point it was a good talking point so but i how, do i also get the same compliments yeah. because i can understand like my femininity when talking to a woman and they're like oh shit he's like emotionally like in tune yeah. and you know what i mean that's not yeah. the girl i want to think <laughs> so go ahead that's me just i don't know yeah 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 um i think my guideline to understand how much fat I guess how much emotion, because I I don't the feminine and masculine thing I don't know too much about, but I do know that like it deals in feminine is your emotion and masculine is your aggression, right. standing up for yourself. So I think there's a balance, but understanding that my guideline is like the family structure, it's the family unit. If someone kicks in my door and I have a family, I have sons, I have daughters, and my mm. wife is sitting here, mm. who's gonna be the person to stand up and die for everybody? Mm-hmm. The man is supposed to be. Right. The woman will not kid. Obviously, she can fight and hold her own if right. she needs to. But she'll the go to man, the, kids. the yeah, right. she'll, she'll protect the kids. Right. But the man is supposed to be that person that's supposed to stand up. I'm not saying that women can't defend themselves. So that's not what I'm saying. Right. But the role of a man is to be confident enough to stand up for his family. If you're talking about 
a man that is heavy in his emotions, very heavy in his emotions, and his right. woman likes that, what happens when your guys' lives are threatened? What happens? Who's going to stand up for who? Right? If that if that's not established, if there's no real, I guess you can say, role, there's really no security in that relationship. Yeah. One thing I just want to touch right back on what you said. I had said in the short term, I think you're correct. In the long term, women do tend to like somebody who's more in touch right. with their emotions. Yeah. I think oh, that's yeah. a, I think that's correct. Absolutely. In the short term, in which which I'm looking for, so like it doesn't necessarily matter that I'm like, mm-hmm. and I am connected to my feelings. We're fucking talking right now, you know. Yeah. I, I would just, say you can be very feminine at certain times totally. too, and I think it's super totally. dope when guys can. Right. you know be that definitely and and, and yeah and, and speaking on that i'm from blue collared work and a lot of times i wouldn't fit in with the guys because i'm not the stereotypical right i, I literally was gonna bring that up too I, guy do, do guys ever be like oh you're like too into the way you look like, or oh, whatever. They'd be like, oh what's literally I, when i moved here they go Who's the guy with the designer haircut on the job site? You know, oh, fucking like they got a nice fade, dude. Right. What's up? Like, <laughs> um, I, like, yeah, you just I, don't want to look like shit. <laughs> right. I would often not fit in with some of the guys because they would think, oh, you like this dude's goofy, or like we'd go to a bar and I like to dance. I like to have fun and like I'm in touch with like yeah. not being like so in this box. Like I'm not manly man, but yeah, like right. I, like oh, I don't dance. And so I, don't I never, me right. personally, I never, I never got along with guys like that because it's like you're just whipping your dick out and trying to see who has the bigger. Yeah, dick. I'm me, not worried like about not that. Li- that's not living. <laughs> like I'm trying to live my life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me long, t- I'm always thinking about long term. Li- uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like even in when it comes to like a woman, like I understand that a woman wants to be felt, heard. She just understanding how women operate and understanding like what majority of women look for. They don't majority of women don't care about what you look like. They care about your personality. Like, can you click with them? Mm-hmm. Right. Short term. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. If you're attractive, let's fucking. Right. I think that's just step, step one to my eyes like you, but anything yeah. after that, like you could be like the most good looking guy. And she's like, I'm not going to fuck this dude. He yeah. sucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I have two points to make. Right. And the first one comes from roommates podcast. Um, when you ask a woman, what does she want in a guy? Right. She's describing things such as he, he listens, right. He, um, he, we can have good conversations. Uh, he's sensitive, right? They're describing things that make them feel friendly or at home. They're not describing things that make them feel horny, right? And uh, kind of going on that point is like an assertive man, right? Like whenever you have a discussion, I don't know if you guys know this with women at all, at all, but in my experience, when you're like more assertive, it drives that horny factor up yeah, higher you know i'm you know we don't have to dive into that but when they're describing things of the partner they want they're not describing initial attraction they're describing long term right so yes being more feminine long term yeah that's great so you can be that that with your woman if you want that initial attraction to be like real spicy you know what i mean you kind of have to be in more of that masculine i would think that's just my paradigm um mm, yeah. on the on the second point, if you guys wanted to talk about that, we could. But um, on the second point, ah oh man, I lost my train of thought honestly. But horniness, talking, horny uh, jail, horny jail, wink. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I lost my train of thought. If it comes back up, I'll bring it up. But I think yeah, I, th- I thought that was a good point. Yeah, about I think it's all Chris. about finding the balance. Um, you know what I mean? Oh. I think men men are gonna 
by no means there's no negative result. It's really about what you're looking for out of a woman, out of a man. Right. We obviously whatever True. way you swing, whatever whatever way right. you like, is what you're looking for. Right. We're all inclusive. You know, yeah, yeah. gay, straight, or misunderstood. You know, we're all about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. So my, my other point was seeing us we're such a counterculture, right? Like if we had a Democrat, we go Republican. If we, we didn't like the way they worked. If if they, we had a Republican, we go Democrat. Or if men are super aggressive we go the opposite direction completely where it's like, let's, let's breed that out of men. Let's, let's try and teach that out of men where it's like, let's have them be more submissive. Right. And then we get to that full side swing coming back. We, it's all about finding that balance. Like you keep saying, right. It's all about kind of finding the middle ground, but seeing as our culture, we tend to swing all the way to one way and then swing yeah, all the way back. Exactly. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's, it's never like, Hey, this is actually where we should kind of be things kind of have to kind of come to that pendulum balance. And I think when me and you were talking, really, we both wanted to meet in the middle right. about how masculine or feminine you should be, you know? Mm-hmm. I would yeah. Just, I would just say as a net, if you had to pick one side, I would say go for the masculine side, just as, as a society, if you want to propel yourself. Oh, yeah. To get shit done and, and really like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get you. I hear you. Definitely. And like, that's not to say feminine traits are bad yeah no there's a lot of benefits to being feminine it's it has its time in its place yeah being agreeable you know if you have a a room of 10 dudes and they're all fucking big dicking each other nothing will get done (laughs) at some point my dude's bigger at some point a hierarchy needs to be established and we need to fall in line so we can accomplish an end goal you know so So we can start moving yeah so Uh i I agree with that yeah so Mm -hmm. it's a very sticky i feel more balanced in myself now because i did tap into like what it meant to be like a like more masculine right on that note i think you just are healthier dude yeah you know i I haven't known you that long and i really didn't know you before i met you so my view on you (laughs) (laughs) hey guys hey guys hey guys i said something (laughs) dumb (laughs) bars I yeah. about <laughs> Wait a minute. I really didn't know you before I met you. <laughs> All right. Just contents. They've known each other for a long time. I've known David for about a year and a half now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, um, I just think you have become more confident in yourself and I can physically see it. And I think that's a net positive. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think this one thing is really worth mentioning on page 320. You must also know clearly what you want out of a situation and be prepared to clearly articulate your desire. It's a good idea to tell the person you are confronting exactly what you would like them to do instead of what they have done or currently are doing. Um, You might think if they loved me, they would just know what to do. (laughs) And that's, that's the voice of resentment. Assume ignorance before malevolence. No one has a direct pipeline pipeline to your wants and needs, not even yourself. If you want, uh, if you try to determine exactly what you want, you will find you might find that it is more difficult than you think. The person oppressing you is likely no wiser than you, especially about you. Tell them directly what would be preferable instead after you sorted it out. Make your requests as small and as reasonable as possible, but ensure that its fulfillment would satisfy you. In that manner, you come to the discussion with a solution instead of a problem. And I mean, how many of us here have been in the conversation with a woman in a relationship where it's like, well, this is what you've been doing from either side. Well, this is what you've been doing and I don't like it. Okay, well, how can it be improved? Right. Or or something's wrong. Well, what is it? Something that's helped me on that. um, Just just a lot. Just that specific unknowingness of a problem existing in a relationship is 
if you can't be specific and point out this is what you did and this is why I don't like it, right. there's no conversation. Right. Because at the end of the day, one of us is going to shoot ourselves in the foot by right. assuming, I don't like how you're acting. Oh, babe, you're right. Yeah, I did this. Wait, I'm not talking about that. Right. But now that you brought now, it up. Now, now that you brought it up. I, I don't like that either. That. And it's like, <laughs> what, like, Damn, what, like so it's, it's, if you can be specific right. and I'm not denying the, like a conversation, but if you can't be specific, then take a minute, right. be alone for a little bit. Think about what you need to say. Think about right. what, what problem yeah. I have or what problem right. I'll have with you. Then I'll come let you know. But until I can't, yeah. until I get that clear, I'm not going to approach you on an issue. Right. So fire to like sort of not speak things just to shoot in the dark. Right. Because that does kind of end up being like yeah. a problem got created out of nowhere and now that's on someone's conscience if right. that didn't need to be there. And I think there's so much power of just being precise and what the fuck you're talking about. Right. So when people, especially when people come to me and say like, you know, I'm going, I'm having anxiety, I'm, I'm feeling this way. I'm, I'm the first thing I ask now is like, can you pinpoint it? Right. Do you know exactly where it's coming from? Yeah. Start there. Definitely. I, you know, I think if we think about it, it kind of comes to decision making, right? It's like in the short term, it's easier to say something's wrong than to be like, this is what's wrong. This is how it could be corrected. Right. It's easier to do that in, in the short term, right? In the long term, it's a lot harder, right? Because it's like, well, this is what's wrong. Okay, well, I mean, I could do this to kind of help situate that. I can do this. I can do that. Or you can just be like, look, oh, yeah. this, this would be improved if you did this. This is why I didn't like it. It's it's easier. It's going to be better in the long run to make that decision. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard at first, but it, it'll be a lot better to collaborate on that in in a situation with a relationship. Moving on uh, to the to the next part about that um, that chapter you just read. Mm-hmm. Uh, this part I highlight. This was my favorite part of the book as well. The the one that you just read. Um, agreeable, compassionate, empath, empathic, empathic mm-hmm. conflict averse people. All those traits grouped together let people walk on them and they get bitter. I, I agree. You know, that's maybe those are some of those like feminine traits that we were talking about, you know, yeah. being agreeable, being compassionate. compassionate. Yeah. Um, all those things. It's a trait to have, which is really good. Yeah. But it does, I'd say allow for a bigger, uh, capacity for you to let people walk all over you. True. And cause you're not speaking your mind, you're just agreeing. And that's like a, like a, a fail safe. It's like, Oh yeah, we'll do what you want. Yeah. Well, right. okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's a yes man kind of vibe. Right, know? right. Yeah, that's, that was a big reason be. why I didn't like being a host at like restaurants. Like I hated being a yes man. And that's why most restaurants hire women to be hosts. There should be more women in the military. It's like, if you want, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, trying to we, fucking they're drop built for this like, shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, just scientifically. When we built different. We had these these neighbors, her, uh, the dad of the household was really far in the Navy, okay? Uh-huh. His daughter really wanted to be a Navy jet pilot. She is a brainiac, very above average woman, very smart. She failed the G-force test. And normally, if you fail it once, you're you're not allowed to do it because like there should be no if and or buts. If you're up in there, you you can't pass out. You can't black out. You'll go down in the jet. You you know, um, because she's just built maybe not as tough internally to be able to handle the G-forces and. She negotiated with them and they let her try again. Mm-hmm. And then she failed again. And she, she like she kept trying to like, well, let me get one. And they're like, hey, we gave you more yeah. than anyone else. We gave you yeah. two tries. That's that's one area of anything is 
the military and the defense of our country is like Please. that's to me that's non-negotiable i don't give a fuck right. yeah like if we go to war we're arguing if men and women should be battling right like yeah. let the men die first and yeah. and if the women do want to be in there i don't think in the military they have recently lowered the standards they so have. so more women can right can uh, pass I don't agree with that. Me either. It should be the same bar, but if you're a woman and you're able to compete yeah. at the same level, hey, yeah. we want you yeah, because exactly. the best, the best are in there. Yeah. Now yeah. we've lowered the bar Let's so low. Leave. Dude, I don't agree with I, that. I used to go to the boxing gym with these three Navy guys. Two of them were so out of shape. I was like, you guys are protecting my country. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Wow. Well, it's, it's like the women fireman test, right? Like, you, you got to put men, someone on your shoulder. For men, you have to pick up 200 pounds dead weight, yeah. right? For women, it's a hundred. Well, it's like if the, if we're in a burning down building and, and I need you to take somebody out, it, it, they're a hundred and seven pounds. You're fucked. Yeah. Like no, like it's not fair. We're in here trying to rescue people. Like I can't have to. I don't yeah. want to have to worry about you. And there's other ways they can help. They don't have to be the person who does right. that. They can still yeah. be part of the fire department. Definitely. Yeah. But if they are women who can, they can. If they can pick up that two hundred. Yeah. Do it. If I want you. If you meet, I want you to pick me up and take me out. Exactly. You know I mean? If you meet the standard, there's absolutely sign up and get a get yeah, fucking please. on the team. Please do. And, and please that's do. the same thing. Let's say you go to your accountant, right? And they've lowered the bar so people with less with inadequate math skills can now become accountants would you want to use them yeah. as your accountant or would you want to go to the guy who's qualified right definitely bars man it's facts um i, I like this part on 322 uh, i highlighted um in a household like that the choices cut of child is the spirit and it's always consumed first too much protection devastates the developing soul and i think that's a the theme for this chapter and uh, it made me think about, you know, too much protection devastates the developing soul. Protecting in a way kind of like could be like that fail safe of where you're protecting yourself by just being agreeable or the agreeable person, that feminine person as a man or tapping into that too much or staying in that feminine spectrum for too long maybe allows for you to just be more agreeable and protecting yourself all the time in that nature will devastate your soul. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that that's like the whole topic of this chapter. I I highlighted that point as as well. Yeah. So, um, I like that. Um, I thought it was interesting on three 30 and three 31. Um, but on three 30, the first chapter, I mean the first paragraph, it says a woman should not have to look after a man because she must look after children and, and, and a man should not be a child. This means that he must not be dependent. This is one of the reasons that men have little patience for dependent men. And let us not forget, wicked women may produce dependent sons, may support and even marry dependent men, but awake and conscious women want an awake and conscious partner. And I thought that was really interesting because like, I don't know about you guys, but looking up to parental roles, like I've seen, it seems like in my household, my mom is the mom to everybody. And I could see that the, it's created a, a problem, right? Like no man should be dependent on his woman. It's like over the top, right? Like, yes, you depend on your women for some things like, you know, whatever it might be, but there's levels to this. And if she feels like she's your mom, instantly respects out the window. I want to 100% agree. I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. thought it was an interesting point that should be brought up. Yeah, I don't know. I... If you ask any woman, like, do you want to be paying the majority of the bills when you go out to dinner? Do you want right. to be paying for your man? 
a lot of women will say no why why like men do it you want to like let's oh. hold each other like to the equal right let's right. be equal but there's a double standard in that where women want to have a lot of income or a lot of money mm. but then when they get a baby boy or like a son type boyfriend and they're paying the bill if another man comes into that woman's life and makes as much as her or more than her and can pay for everything that man's probably going to be exiting her life really really quick I think you're making more of the point, and correct me if I'm wrong, about me. Yeah. Okay. About home life. For example, like a mother is supposed to be kind of well for, you know, this just might be old fashioned, but cooking dinner, doing the laundry, keeping the house tidy. But if her responsibilities go into, hey, did you get my clothes out for work the next day? Did you make sure to make dinner? Did you do our bed? You know, if all the responsibilities start going on to her, Where's your husband? Is it just like a kid? Is it just like an older right. person? In the house? Is that kind of what the point you're making, dude? Not not uh, finan- not financially, because your dad does pay the some bills. some of that, right? I w- I would say I'm like it doesn't have to be the woman's job to do laundry, to cook, or whatever. Like sure, that's depending on your marriage, but or your relationship. I would say yes, like when it becomes like, oh, you didn't do my clothes, now I can't go to work, or like, oh, you didn't make dinner, and now I can't eat. Well, it's like, bro, like. You're a grown ass man. You can do these things yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm okay. not your mom. You know what I mean? Like pick up your socks. You know what I'm saying? Like in in that respect, you know. Yeah. So I would say some of that, yeah, definitely. Like your woman shouldn't have to feel like she has to take care of you, because that's kind of that's defeating the purpose. And then talking about what you had just brought up, I think he mentions it in the book, but we're living in a society now where women are able to perform at you know high competitive jobs, making great salaries and just through natural selection, I guess, or instinct, they want a man that is either equal to or better than them. And that's harder and harder to find. So they end up settling for a beta male, maybe, right. you know? And, and and then they ask like, why men date these like low down chicks? It's like, well, we don't care dating same level, higher, lower. I mean, higher might be a little bit of a situation there, but lower, we don't care. You know, I think, who was just talking about this? I want to say it's like a Joe Rogan podcast. They're just talking about this, like how movie stars will just date a, a waitress and, and, and they're like, how could you do that? And the, the, for a guy, is she cute? Do we connect? That's all I could care if you were if, youthful if, energy. If you work in the soup kitchen, I could right. care. <laughs> like, 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 are you cute? Do we connect? You know? There's a, there's a lot of um, platforms like fresh and fit. Talk about this. If a man makes a certain amount of money, we can date at whatever threshold level of woman. Doesn't matter if she works at McDonald's. Doesn't matter if she doesn't have a job. Doesn't matter if she makes as much as us. Right. Obviously, it starts to get into like a little bit of an issue where you she makes more or the same as us because then she feels like um, I wouldn't care if a woman made more than me. Exactly. A lot I, of men. A lot of men don't care, but it's the woman that she usually would. cares. Totally. Right. Uh, vice versa, a woman makes a certain amount of money, six figures, seven figures. She is eliminating her total pull when she's choosing men because she won't date lower than her. Yeah. It's only higher. Most of the time it's higher equal, especially if she's six or seven, but then they talk about, it's like 1% of the 1% of the population. You're talking about the wealthy of the country. Yeah, it's true. So, and also, are you beautiful? Are are you, are you beautiful? Are you attractive? Do men like you? Are you fit? Are you, so like, there's a lot of things to consider, but. Because personally, I, I like a woman with a career. It like me too. it's a turn on to me. Yeah. I go, oh, you're a working woman. Like mm-hmm. you, you know what work is, and I can respect you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, 
I think where the problem comes in is like where the whole reasoning for that, I would say is like, okay, when I get pregnant and I can't, can't pay the bills and I can't go to work, am I going to be safe? Yeah. That's, that's See, the whole that, idea. Yeah, that's an issue. It. I think, cause I hear, I've asked a lot of women this and I think a lot of women, um, just general, like hanging out, like ask women, um, like, do you prefer a man to take care of you? Or like, not necessarily. It's more of the fact that like, if you can, can you close that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's water bottle. <laughs> Um, if there is a sense of like, if a, if a woman's like, I don't, I don't mind if a man makes less than me or equal to or whatever, he just has to have drive. He has to have ambition to be moving forward in life, not uh-huh. playing, getting off work, going to play video games every goddamn day. Right. You know what I mean? He could play video games here and there, but don't be leaving Cheeto bags and your socks all over the floor and looking like I'm your, I'm your mom. Right. You know what I mean, no, well, no woman wants that. If a woman says that she wants that. That's cap. hundred percent. Cap. Definitely. <laughs> I have one more point. Does anybody else have anything else? Uh, I'm, I'm I think I'm up. done for yeah. the book thing. I got an ending thing to say. That's it. Okay. Uh, one thing I would compel all young male listeners to do, um, this is on 331. Uh, middle paragraph. It says, men have to toughen up, toughen up. Men demand it and women want it. Even though they might may not approve of the harsh and contemptuous attitude that is part and parcel of the socially demanding process that fosters and then enforces that toughness. Going to the next paragraph, men toughen up by pushing themselves and by pushing each other. So what I would really compel young men listening is go find yourself a source of counsel with uh, it can be men of different ages, but I would I would recommend somebody some people that are roughly around your age um, and you guys go see um, more experienced people, but having those people to discuss these ideas with that are other men, they will provide you with solutions. Um, And I think everybody here can attest to how much better life has been improved once you have that male counsel. That's that's just one thing I would suggest um, to anybody listening. That's young male, go and find that not just people that want to drink and do dumb crap all the time, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's the only point I wanted to make. Just to end it, if you think if you think tough men are dangerous, wait until you see what weak men are capable of. Mm-hmm. Leave children alone when they're skateboarding. Facts. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. That was chapter... Oh, 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 give me a second. Go hit the oh. fucking gym. Chapter 11, Rule 11, Do Not Bother Children When They Are Skateboarding by Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, 12 Rules for Life. We're signing off. Much love, y'all. All right, everybody, we hope you enjoyed the show. That was rule number 11, Don't Bother Children When They Are Skateboarding, from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Leave us a comment because we love the feedback. Like the video and follow us on all our social media platforms. And don't forget, now equals tomorrow. Peace.